Hey y'all, welcome back to the Tribe Podcast. Today I have one of my favorite women and sisters in Christ joining us. Marcy Baker has been a friend of mine for six years and she is one of those friends that is running so closely alongside me towards heaven that there is nothing that can stop us. We became instant friends when our boys started kindergarten and through all of the seasons in between, God has just continued to be faithful in reminding us that he brought us together as part of his divine plan. Marcy, I am so glad you're here today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Okay, so as usual, I'm going to turn it over to Marcy to tell her story But before I do, the topic for today is based on our two favorite words, but God. To give you a little context, very early on in our friendship, the words but God were our reminder to each other that although we live in this world, we are not of this world. And God has the power to redeem every heartbreaking and devastating part of our stories and bring good from it. Y'all are going to get a little church today. So Marcy, tell our listeners about you and your sweet family. Thank you. Um, Again, my name is Marcy and I am the wife of Derek. I'm a proud mom of Kieras, Maya, Aaliyah, Derek, Quinn, and Donovan. We have an amazing blended family. We are also active in our ministry at our church and we are Alabama football fans. Roll Tide. I know there's someone listening that's either like really excited about that or like feels like they might just need to meet Marcy and put their (laughs) eyes on her. You guys want to talk about a family that loves and is serving the Lord. Y'all, this is one of them. There is not one baker out of the entire clan that wouldn't drop everything that they're doing to help somebody out. And this is just a family that we really love doing life with. What I found is that when your foundation is built on Jesus, this depth of friendship is possible. Okay, so the reason that but God came up with us is because Marcy has always said period when I say something important. (laughs) And (laughs) that's honestly where it all really started. And I'm just going to fill y'all in. She is literally wearing a shirt right now that says period. And then it says when no further discussion is needed. See also facts. She showed up and she's like, I wore this shirt for you. And I was like, yes, Yes, this is what I'm talking about. (laughs) So if we're at breakfast, which is a regular occurrence for us, and I start talking about Jesus and it's Marcy's turn to respond, her response is period. (laughs) (laughs) End of story. That's it. Meaning there's nothing to add. And I love it so much because we are really in sync with who we are in Christ and That means that we can bring the hard things to each other. I can bring the hard things to her and she will walk alongside me and vice versa. In fact, during our most difficult seasons, that's what we do. We check in on each other. We challenge each other to be more like Jesus. We hold each other accountable. We have hard conversations. And over the course of our sweet friendship, we started saying, but God with a period at the end, because God is the redeemer and the healer and the provider. So when we hear about a diagnosis, we say, but God, Mm -hmm. when one of our kids is going through a hard time, but God, when marriage gets rough and things need to be worked out, but God during COVID, but God, Mm. When our friends that are walking through challenging circumstances reach out to us and ask us for prayer, at the end of the day, it's but God. 
it's really a mindset that we've adopted and it has reminded us that our circumstances will never be bigger than our God. Marcy, I want you to share your story that most closely aligns with this but God mentality. Definitely. Um, just even going back to the whole thing of but God, it's it's almost giving like the stamp. It's the closure. It's mm-hmm. the ending. Um, when you and I catch up and we give our laundry list of challenges, just like you just said, our crazy things. What are what are the boys doing? What are they not doing? What are our latest fashion finds? What are our dreams? What are our plans? The answer at the end is always, but God. Mm. He's the answer. He's the resolution. He's the answer in spite of ourselves. Mm. So with that also, I wanted to even break down the words of, but God. Mm. Um, the word, but is a conjunction. So when we look at the definition and what it means, <clears throat> it's to introduce a phrase or a clause contrasting with what has already been mentioned. Mm. So for example, if I give a sentence like, he stumbled, but did not fall. It gives the example of the phrase. So another definition would be that it's used to indicate the impossibility of anything other than what is being stated. Mm. So even though but God are small words, and they're only three letters each, there are actually 31 scriptures in the Bible that has this two, this dynamic new, duo, these two words. Um, Romans chapter five, verse eight, but God demonstrates his own love for us. Mm-hmm. And this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Another example is first Corinthians chapter two, verse 10. I has not seen nor ear heard the things which God has prepared for those who love him, mm-hmm. but God, has revealed them to us through his spirit. Mm. So it's the impossible that's possible. And then but is what's in between. So it doesn't say but God. But when I think of this phrase, I think about the story of Job. Job lost everything. Mm. His possessions, his children, his health. But he would not curse God. It was a test from Satan. That God even said, have you considered my servant Job? God gave Satan limited permission. So God restored everything that he had lost. Job said to Satan, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That just gives the ultimate example of all of the things that he went through. We would give up. Yes. We've lost all of our money. We've lost our possessions. I think I would give up. Would you just be like, you know what? This is it. That's it. I'm checking out. Mm -hmm. And how many times we have lost something and wanted to give up. But God, Mm. what could have happened? What I thought would have happened. What should have happened. Mm. But God. Also in the book of Daniel, I think about the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm. They would not bow to King Nebuchadnezzar's. Nebuchadnezzar's idol. <clears throat> so they were thrown into the fiery furnace. They said the, the furnace was seven times hotter than what it should have been. Mm. So they said once they put the three of them in the furnace, they said there's a fourth. We only put three in there. The fourth looks like he's the son of God. Because of their faith, God delivered them from death. And the Bible says that they didn't even smell like smoke. 
So another example of but God. They should have died in the fiery furnace, yeah. but God. So I have had a but God experience about seven years ago when I was diagnosed with trigeminal neuralgia. Trigeminal neuralgia is a chronic pain condition that affects the trigeminal nerve in the face. Um, we all have a trigeminal nerve, and it's located in, at the um, back of our brainstem. My pain affected the whole right side of my face. Um, the other name for trigeminal neuralgia is called the suicide disease. Mm. It's a stabbing, shocking pain that lasts one to three minutes and then disappears as if it never arrived. It would wake me up out of my sleep. The pain would be so intense that if I was driving, I'd have to pull over on the side of the road and wait for the pain to subside. It hurt to eat. It hurt to talk. It hurt to move. And something else that affected me and I didn't realize it until I knew we were going to be talking today mm. and having to go back and really think about that and kind of relive it. Um, I wasn't able to sing mm. and I've sang for years. My family and I actually have a uh, gospel group. We're the third generation of our family members to sing. And to know that I could not raise my voice, mm. it was it was devastating. Um, I literally was dying. And I felt trapped in my own body. It took over our house. Our daily functions revolved around this condition that I could not control. I cried in silence. I was depressed and miserable. I spent most of my days pleading and praying to God to take this pain from me. I felt like it was punishment from choices that I had made in my past. The neurologist could no longer raise my doses of anti-seizure medication. I would have relief for a month or two, but the pain returned. My body was becoming so used to the medication that it wasn't helping. The meds would relax me and put me to sleep. I was working full time with a middle schooler and two preschoolers. I did not have time to sleep. Yes. It was, it was either I sleep or I'd be in pain. And there was no way to live. I was barely surviving. Once we were referred to the neurosurgeon, it was a 10-minute appointment. MVD surgery, microvascular decompression. We're going to cut you behind your ear and put a sponge between the nerve and the artery that's triggering the pain. Mm. Let us know when you're ready to schedule. Mm. That's it? No other option. I was terrified. Our family and friends, our tribe, were so supportive and crucial throughout this entire journey. Mm. Everyone was praying and offering help. I was torn. Why wouldn't God just heal me? Why did I have to go through surgery? Mm. The recovery the cooking, the cleaning, who's going to take care of my kids. Even though my husband was there, he's not going to take care of them the way I'm going to take care of them. Let's be honest. <laughs> love you, Derek, but let's just be real. We love you, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> it was the back and forth to school. <clears throat> um, something else I was really, really worried about was my mom 
being so concerned. My mom is in Cincinnati, and at the time she was caring for my father who was dying of dementia. Mm. And I was so worried about how it was going to affect everybody else Mm -hmm. that I lost focus of who I was and who and whose I was that's right because I was God's child he created me Mm. he he didn't bring me this far to leave me Mm. worry took over my entire body doubt took over my mind now I knew God I grew up in church I committed my life to Christ when I was 11 I could even remember the elders and the sisters of the church we called them the deaconesses of the church they sat in the front with the big hats Mm. and the gloves and they have these sayings that uh, resonates in most black churches Jesus is a rock in a weary land shelter in the time of storm Mm. or when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me my soul cries out hallelujah thank God for saving me Something else they would always say is, he's a burden bearer. Mm. He's a heavy load share. He kept me in my right mind. He woke me up this morning and started me on my way. Mm. I grew up hearing these sayings, but they were just that. What other people were saying. I had to grow up and mature and know God for myself. Not who my mother, my father, my sister, my church members said he was, because that was their story. Mm. This surgery was a test in order for me to have my own story, my own testimony. So when I said, God, I trust you, I meant it because of the healing that he was about to do in my life. Mm. Could he have healed me without surgery? Yes. But God. Mm. I had to go through it in order to tell of his grace and mercy that he extended only to Marcy, Mm. fashioned and tailored specific to me. The Sunday before my surgery, Derek and I walked hand in hand to the altar at our church. Our pastor knew and some close members knew that I was having surgery that Tuesday. They surrounded us. They put their hands on my head. And they prayed heaven down. Mm. I began to praise God in advance for what he was doing, what he had done, and what he was going to do. I left there with so much peace that I was trusting that God was still healing me. Even in the process, he was still healing me. Mm. So the surgery was successful. We received donations, we received food, we received trips back and forth from Cincinnati. I had people that volunteered to take my children back and forth to work. They took them on play dates. Mm. Um, If I didn't have my tribe, I would not be here. Mm. He had put believers in our lives. These were the people that stood in the gap Mm. when my body was weak. There were prayer chains all the way from Alabama to Cincinnati to Dayton. Mm. My former co-workers, people who I'd known from for years. And the biggest thing I think that was so touching is that it wasn't, I, I didn't ask. Yeah, These were people who just stood in the gap 
to be there and to support us. God is a healer. Mm. He's faithful and he extends his grace and mercy every day. Mm. What could have happened, what I thought would have happened, what I sh- what should have happened. This whole disease is called a suicide disease. Mm. I shouldn't be here. But then I started thinking of those elders and those deaconesses that I used to laugh at as a kid. Mm. And now I'm saying the same things that they're saying. When I think of the goodness and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. He's a burden bearer. He's a heavy load share. I'm just grateful to God to still be here. Mm. So my thing is, when we are in that season of doubt, Mm -hmm. We are in the season of that, the in-between, mm-hmm. the work, the anxiety, the first part of our story, before the but, yeah. the impossibility, in the waiting. Because there's waiting. Yeah. When we ask God for things, there's three answers. He can either tell us yes, he can tell us no, mm-hmm. or he's going to tell us to wait. Yeah. So as you are in this waiting I'm going to tell you three things to do. Mm. Hold on. Hold up. Mm. And hold out. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Wow. Okay. Well, we're just over here crying for <laughs> anybody that's listening and <laughs> is feeling emotional Ooh. themselves. It just brought it all back. Well, and that's it. You know, it's recognizing that it's mm. not an absence of hard times because scripture is so clear that the hard times are going to happen, mm-hmm. but it's deciding what we're going to do in the meantime. It's having a mind controlled by the spirit, which is life and peace. It's having a willing heart and faithfully walking through what God has called us to. Because when we do the work and we draw close to the Lord, we're able to see our circumstances through a different lens. Mm -hmm. In fact, I would call it through the proper lens. Yes. And on our days where we're struggling, we can call a friend in our tribe to point us back to Jesus. Amen. You know, at the end of the day, it's the reminder that there is no surgery. There is no diagnosis. There's no worry, no anxiety, and no fear that will ever be bigger than our God. Because God is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever. We can rely on him being steadfast and faithful through every season that we walk through. And part of that faith process is that God is going to put the the right people in our lives at the right time. We're not left to wander through the valleys alone because God loves us too much to do that. You know, as I'm listening to Marcy's story, I know a lot of this and we've done a lot of life together. But the overwhelming sense that I get from her as we talk about but God is for her, it was a choice to draw closer to the Lord Mm -hmm. and to not get stuck in her feelings or become paralyzed by the fear. It's allowing ourselves to have our moments of worry and our moments of mourning, but ultimately we don't stay there because we choose to trust God and to grow from that experience. It's Mm -hmm. not being stuck in the circumstances that we find ourselves in, but this particular but God season of Marcy's life is something that she walked through before God had allowed our paths to cross. I'm going to tell you something. 
knowing the woman that she is today and the way that she lives by faith and is constantly loving the people in her tribe and pointing them back to Jesus. I have no doubts that God intentionally used this season as part of her story because in her testimony, what she's saying is that she believes that God is a healer, that he's loving and he's faithful. And this season that she walked through is nothing short of the miraculous ability of God to be our healer and our ultimate source of comfort. For Marcy, it's one of the seasons in her life that she can point to when she's telling people that God brought her through it and that he was faithful. And it's from that same reservoir that she pulls from when she has to decide if she's going to trust God to be faithful again. You heard the story. You heard the pieces of advice that she would give somebody who maybe has just received test results or is kind of finding themselves in a season of the unknown or a season of wandering. And what I really admire about the way that Marcy is how she loves Jesus and she pours him out for everyone around her to see. Y'all, when we talk about being the light, this girl is on fire for the Lord and that's what pours out of her wherever she goes. Sometimes we're together and we're at an event for our kids or we've gone out to eat or we're just spending time together in a group of people. I will literally just stand back and watch her and just think, wow, God knew. He knew. I know. I love you too. (laughs) We're just over here crying. (laughs) God knew exactly what he was doing. He did. And he knew that right now the world was going to need her spirit and her grace Mm -hmm. and her light. And it's just like we read in Esther, how she was placed in that season and that time. And that's what God's done with Marcy. You know, at the end of the day, this is really God's story. It is a story of his faithfulness and the way that he protects us and he fights the battles on our behalf. And what I've learned from doing life with Marcy is that when we cultivate spiritual disciplines in the good times, when we build our tribe in the good times, then and only then are we equipped with what it takes to fix our eyes on Jesus in the midst of the storms. It takes faith to have a but God mentality, but Marcy has put that faith into action and she lives it every day. Marcy, I love you so much, girl. I we love you too. We love the bakers. We love us <laughs> we some love bakers. Bacon. We love the bakers. <laughs> and we just consider ourselves not only blessed to be doing life alongside y'all, but better. Yes. As we live for the kingdom of God. Amen. You want to add anything? Continue to be the light and to be the salt. Mm. Hold on, hold up, and hold out. That's it. Thanks for being here, sis. Thank you for inviting me, sis. Mm. I'm praying for y'all, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>